Hail and well met. Welcome to another episode of Self Evident. I'm Kenna Rose. I'm Jenna. And I'm Melissa. And we're really excited because we have a special guest on our podcast for this episode named Savannah of the Classy Chicks podcast. So Savannah, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Hello, guys. I'm very excited to be on this podcast. So I actually met a few of you earlier this year, pretty soon after my podcast started airing. So I have a podcast called Classy Chicks Podcast, and we began recording in January of this year. Okay. And then I met, um, I met Kenna. I, I don't remember if I met you or not, Jenna. Um, but I met, I met a few of your friends at an event and we were talking about how we both have podcasts that are kind of Yours is definitely a lot more, uh, I don't want to say it has more substance, but it's definitely a lot more, um, you know, you talk about history, you talk about like the self-evident truths, right? My podcast is more geared toward, it's more of a lifestyle podcast. It's more geared towards showing young girls, high school, college age girls that you can be, um, you can have a really amazing, fulfilling life and be a Christian. You can have a ton of fun and also be extremely holy. And so So I connected with you guys and then you connected with me and we have an episode um, with Kenna airing actually on Monday. So we'll see when that is. That's awesome. (laughs) When that plays out with when this is airing. But um, we've had some of you guys on our podcast and then now I'm excited to be here. Yay. Awesome. Yeah, you have your podcast is cool. You you do like the classy and trashy moments of the week. Yes. That was a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah. So we start out my podcast. We always start out with classy and trashy moments. So I know norm- I typically have a guest. I've done a few solo episodes, but I typically have a guest and I will ask that guest. And normally I don't remember to ask them until like two minutes before we're supposed to record, <laughs> but I ask them to think about a classy moment they had this week and then a trashy moment. So like something they did that they're like proud of, or that they're, you know, that they felt like really like wholesome, you know, they felt yeah. good. And then something they did that probably wasn't the best. And we've had some funny ones um, with the trashy moments, but that's just kind of like an icebreaker to talk about, you know, how we can, how we can live better, I guess. So um, that's my podcast. That's what I do on the side. But what I do full time is I work in the pro-life movement. So currently I'm transitioning. I have worked in communications for Illinois Right to Life for a little over two years now. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I moved to Florida in May. So I'm currently in Florida working remotely for Illinois Right to Life, transitioning into full-time work for Pro-Life Global, which is going to consist of a lot of um, education. So Pro-Life Global is an educational organization that travels to different countries to educate people on the pro-life movement in America and then beyond. So I'm transitioning into work with Pro-Life Global, and then I also do some marketing work for live action. Um, I write for Culture of Life Fashion, which is a pro-life fashion brand, and that I nanny on the side because I just love kids. So. That's so cool. You, you've got a lot going on. I was going to say, you like keeping your days full. There, there's always a lot going on, you know, but that, that's one of the things that I talk about actually on the Classy Chicks podcast with a bunch of my guests that I have is... I actually saw a quote about this this morning um, that was really good. And I don't remember the quote, but it's something like um, people who a lot of the times people who, you know, fall into bad habits, fall into, I don't know, alcoholism, drug abuse, all that kind of stuff. It's because they, they have a hole in their life and they feel, they feel like they're not doing enough. They feel like they don't have a meaningful life. They just have this void that they need to fill with something. 
And I mean, some call it a God-shaped hole, you know, some say, you know, it's because they, they don't have enough meaning in their life. But I think that it's definitely true that when we, when we have a life worth living, we don't need to distract ourselves with these worldly pre- pleasures. So that's something, that's something that I just think is interesting. And I think about that sometimes when I, when people, cause there's people who ask me, right, I'm 21 years old and I don't you know, I don't do a lot of things that 21 year olds are doing. And people are like, are you sure? Like, you're not just, you don't just live a double life. Like you're not just hiding this from us. Uh, and I'm like, no, like when you have a life centered around God, when you have, um, have a, have a full life and, you know, have a ministry that you're dedicated to, you don't, first of all, you don't have, I don't have like energy in my brain to think about like, oh, what am I going to do? That's destructive tonight. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't really have that much time. A lot of the times I'm traveling on weekends. It's not, it's not something that the world, the world tells us it's necessary to just be very self-destructive in your twenties, basically. Like your twenties, like you can figure your life out after your twenties. Well, I disagree with that. I think that if you have 10 years of destruction in your life, you're going to mess a lot of things up, not just for mm-hmm. you, but the people around you. You're going to be cleaning up that mess for exactly the rest of your life. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so Savannah, what led you to transition from Illinois right to life to pro-life global? What kind of, what happened in the, in between? Yeah. So that's a good question that a lot of people ask me because I was doing a lot in Chicago. I was doing a lot of work in the Chicagoland area and all this. Well, it looked like all of a sudden from the outside, right? I decided I'm going to up and move to Florida. Right. And so there were a lot of people who wondered, like, did something happen? Like, was there this, you know, did she have a big falling out with people and just decided to like leave? Well, mm-hmm. the, the fact of it is I worked downtown for about two years. I was going downtown like three days a week. It was an awesome experience. So much fun, but it was extremely dangerous. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how Chicago is now because I haven't been there for mm, four or five months. It's worse. But yeah, it, we, we worked, um, in the middle of downtown, you know, in a place where it's, it technically should have been safe because it was all businesses, all business people. Um, but it, it, I didn't feel safe walking there during the day. I didn't feel safe on my train ride home. There were constantly threats, constantly threats of bombing threats to people in Mm -hmm. our organization. Um, so that, that, but that wasn't the reason I moved. That was, that was a side piece. So the second part of this was, so I was in this environment where I was constantly feeling like I was in an unsafe place, but then I also, um, I loved my job. I loved my job. I did communications. I did a lot of, so what my job consisted of was a lot of, um, you know, talking to the media, writing press releases, writing articles, um, writing our newsletter, doing social media, running our podcasts, stuff like that, talking to people, talking on the phones. I loved it, but I knew that I knew that God was calling me to more. And I knew that God was calling me to kind of just like take a step, take a risk and see where that took me. Mm-hmm. And so I had the opportunity to move to Florida and the area where I am in is the Tampa Bay area. And, um, there is a huge network of Christian conservative people. There's a huge, it's just a huge, like, um, what's it called? It's like a huge gathering spot for yeah. people from across the U S there are a lot of people moving here and just kind of forming, um, groups to, 
to change our culture. And so I was like, this is where I need to be in the US. This is where I really want to be. And so I moved to Florida, but I continued working remotely for Illinois Right to Life. I was just kind of networking with people, just seeing what my options were. Well, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, I went to the Supreme Court and there I met someone who works for Pro-Life Global. And from there, I God placed a lot of things in my life and that opportunity presented itself. And now I'm going to be traveling globally. So that's, that's <laughs> so cool. my base will be in Florida, but I will be traveling globally. Wow. Uh, Congratulations. So exciting, Savannah. Okay. Excited. Yeah, it's just, amazing. What countries are on your registry at the moment? So currently, so I just started working last month. So I'm still like getting the hang of things. And I started part-time and I'm still part-time until I'm done with Illinois right to life. But that being said, um, I'm going to be doing a lot of work in Africa. So, um, Ethiopia is a possibility right now. Um, there's a few other countries, but the first country I'm actually going to, uh, at the end of this month is Mexico. I'm going there for a, for a, uh, world family conference. And then we're going to be speaking at different places and networking with different people, but yeah, uh, Africa, Bolivia, uh, Ethiopia, Uganda, places like that, um, right now are where we, where I particularly am focusing on. There are people who work with South America. There are people who work with other places. Um, there's, so we don't do a ton with Europe currently. That's, there's a group called pro-life Europe who does that, but we do a lot with, um, the more developing countries because they're the ones who need the most education and Mm -hmm. they reach out to us the most. So, that's yes. Cool. Very excited. If you want more information, go to prolifeglobal.org or message me and I'll, I'll tell you all about it. What got you interested in working for the pro-life ministry? And how yes. did you get started? Yes. So this is something, there are a lot of young people who, I don't know, they think, and this might be kind of a controversial opinion, but they think that they have to like, they want to work in the pro-life movement, but they think, okay, I have to like, go to college first or like, you know, do it, do a ton of school first. Well, I will tell you from personal experience that you don't need to. So when I, when I was 16, 17, when I was ending high school, I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. I was convinced I was going to be a teacher. I started going to school at my community college. Um, and I, I eventually graduated with an associates in liberal arts and then a minor in childhood education. Um, but while I was there almost immediately, I, I realized that I want to teach a very specific thing. I want to teach about the pro-life movement. I want to teach uh, and educate young people on why abortion is terrible and what their other options are. So I was like, okay, but I don't know how to get started. So I'm going to go to every pro-life event I can find and just kind of try to meet people. Because I mean, I was 17, 18 at the time. I really didn't know anything about networking. I was just, I was just like, okay, I'm going to try to meet people and one of the first events I went to, I met the executive director of Illinois Right to Life at the time. She's not still the current, but my current boss is amazing as well. If you know Amy Gerke, she's the current yes. executive director. She's super fun. Um, but so the former one was Mary Kate Knorr. She's now married. I don't know what her last name is. Um, and she told me there was a possible internship opportunity in the spring. So I applied and me along with two other people interned for Illinois Right to Life over the summer. And then, um, and then they left to go to school and I, Illinois Life asked me to stay on. So I interned full time and then I transitioned into communications full time. And 
that's how that happened. Also in between when I was working for Illinois right to life, I did crisis pregnancy counseling with let them live for about a year, which was an absolutely eye-opening experience. I encourage everyone who wants to work in the pro-life movement to do some sort of volunteering for a crisis pregnancy center, some sort of work, because that, like, I only did that for a year, but those experiences and those conversations that I had with those women who are actually going through this propelled me to move forward. And I, I think about them all the time. Every time I'm giving a talk, you know, every time I'm doing anything, I just, I, I remember those. And I think, like, this is why we're here. We're here to make a difference for women and to make a difference for their children. So long story short, if you want to get involved in the pro-life movement, you can, first of all, you can DM me on Instagram because depending on where you are, there's probably remote jobs or there's jobs in your area, something like that. If you're in Illinois, definitely reach out to Illinois Right to Life through the website Mm -hmm. um, or through their Instagram. Right now, I still manage it. So I'll message you back, but there's always opportunities to help. There's always opportunities to get involved. And once you're willing to get involved, that can bloom into a career. So that's what I would say. That's so cool. And that actually relates into kind of our next question, which is what are some ways people can help the pro-life movement? Because I know there Mm -hmm. are lots of people who want to help, but they just don't exactly know where they don't have the resources or the time to put like a going to a yeah like going to a pregnancy resource center like if they can't like dedicate time for that what what can they do so there are so many so there are so many ways to be involved in the pro-life movement I mean if you look at what I do you can also you can already see like many different ways so I do I write for a fashion company right that takes me I write their articles twice a month And that takes me probably a total of like six hours. I write for a fashion company. I don't have to really know anything about the, about abortion procedures, right? Really all I have to know is like fashion and like culture of life stuff, right? With quotes. So you can, there's pro-life fashion brands. There are pro-life makeup brands, right? American Women Beauty, Hope Beauty. If you DM them on Instagram, I'm sure they'd love if you, if you wrote a blog post for them, if you did something like that. Um, podcast, start your own podcast, you know, spread awareness. I think the most important thing in the pro-life movement currently is education. I think that we are so close, like we're just on. So with Roe v. Wade being overturned now, now the issue goes back to the States. They can decide whether or not it's legal in their state to have an abortion. And I think that we're just so close with Everybody says the media is bad. Media is not on our side. This is true. But there are so many pro-life news outlets, medias that are spreading the truth. We're just we're so close to bringing back a culture of life. I think we're closer than we think. So whatever you can do, you know, it takes two seconds to share one of live actions posts to your social media. Yes, you might get you're going to get hate. Um, Definitely. I've been doing this for years and posting this on my social media for years. And when Roe v. Wade was overturned, I got messages from people who've been following me for years about how long paragraphs, how terrible it was, all this stuff. You're going to get hate. But like the thing is for every, for every, one of my good friends told me this and I wonder if she's going to listen and be like, ha ha ha. But anyway, (laughs) she said for every, for every action, is an equal and opposite reaction or something like that. I'm sure it's, I bet it's a quote from some famous person. I think it's like Newton's third law. But that's so true. You know, for every person who's hating you, there are so many people who 
who see this and it helps them. And yeah. I know this personally because I have many people, many high schoolers who send long paragraphs to Classy Chicks podcast about how much the podcast is impacting them. And it's just like seeing those results just propels you to move forward. So I'd encourage you, everybody has an obligation to do something for the pro-life movement. There are 73 million children being killed globally every year. Um, this is a third of our population is gone. This is, you just, you really can't wrap your head around how much of a genocide this is. It's the greatest gen- genocide our world has ever seen and it's being accepted. So every person has an obligation, you know, you can't, there's not really an excuse to not do anything for the pro-life movement. Um, besides lack of knowledge. And if you have lack of knowledge, then go get some knowledge, go follow live action, go follow my Instagram account, uh, DM me. I will literally, sometimes people DM me and I'm just like, Hey, like, can we have a phone call? Like, I'll just talk to you about it on the phone and like answer your questions there. There are so many people willing to help and willing to give you that knowledge because we know that we need all hands on deck for this movement. I completely agree with you that everyone has an obligation to serve in some capacity with their life, especially as believers, you know, we're not told in scripture to sit back and just lay low and make sure that we just take care of ourselves. And that's all that matters. Um, Diedrich Bonhoeffer once said that silence in the face of evil is evil itself. So even though you're not perpetuating the problem, if you're not speaking up, if you're not doing something to stop the problem, then in some ways you're part of the problem because you're allowing evil to be perpetuated. So I, I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, no, that, that was a really, a really good point. Would you say another really good way to serve in the pro-life movement is with pregnancy resource centers? Oh, yes, yes. I, that's, that's the obvious one that I forgot to mes- mention. So right now, crisis pregnancy centers are more needed than ever because there are more women in need than ever because yeah. there are less abortions being performed than ever. And that, I mean, that's a good thing, but we need to like right now, the pro-life movement is in, is in the eyes of the media, in the eyes of the public. They're waiting with bated breath to see if we can do what we said we would do. And so crisis pregnancy centers are honestly some of the most amazing places ever. Like the people that work there are so sweet that just the whole atmosphere is just wonderful. And like a lot of the times they need help in the, in the mornings, in the early mornings, because that's when women are getting abortions. And so like, you know, there's gotta be one morning out of your week that you can devote to going there. I mean, even if you just like stop there after your work, right. And are like, Hey, like, how can I help you? They'll, they'll give you ways that they, that they, they will volunteers that they can help and they'll, they'll be so grateful for it. So I would suggest most every community has a local crisis pregnancy center. Uh, we have a ton down here that I've, I'm not actually volunteer at a crisis center since I've been in Florida, but I've connected with them a lot. So like I've talked to them, uh, asked them, you know, ask them how we can help stuff like that. But there, I know there are a lot in the Chicagoland, Illinois area. Right. And there is also a lot, this is basically fundraising season right now for all of the nonprofit groups. If you guys have time and if you are looking up fundraising events, I would strongly encourage anybody who's listening to attend those types of events and prayerfully consider giving because these these centers, especially in Illinois, are needed much more than ever. Our governor, J.B. Pritzker, has wanted to make uh, Illinois the abortion capital 
of not only the Midwest, but of the nation. Mm -hmm. And since Roe versus Wade is overturned, they're going to be working overtime to make sure that happens. So absolutely go find a pregnancy resource center and go support them financially, with your time, with anything that you can. Agree. This question switches things up a little bit, but what would you say are some facts every pro-lifer should know just for conversations they're having with friends or just in general? Yeah, I think there's one, you know, one main thing to know, and that is that science affirms that life begins at conception. So when you're having discussions with people, there are all sorts of tangents you'll get on, right, about, um, about the abortion issue. But it all comes back to one fact. And that fact is that life begins at conception. And if you can talk to the person, what one thing I find very helpful, there are so, so many facets of this, but one thing I find very helpful is asking questions, right? Just asking the person questions to kind of find out where exactly their stance is, because there's a whole spectrum of quote unquote pro-choice. You know, there's people who say, Abortion should be legal in cases of rape and incest, right? And sometimes people will say that they're pro-life. They're still pro-choice. Like they still think abortion should be legal, but they are, that's one spectrum. And then there's the other spectrum that says, oh yeah, like it's fine to kill a baby 29 days after birth, which is the bill that New York was trying to pass a few months ago. So there's that whole spectrum. And so if you can, if you can basically ask some questions. Okay. Like, so when do you think life begins? So like, why would there be a reason to have an abortion? Right. And then if you can bring it all back to the fact, okay, life begins at conception. Is it ever okay to kill an innocent human being? And then just kind of talk to them about that. And if they say, okay, like, yeah, it is okay to kill an innocent human being. If the, if it's gonna, you know, cause a mom mental health, if it, issues if it's gonna do all this stuff then then you've realized then you've reached a point where you're like okay so you do think that it's fine to kill an innocent human being at times and at least you know what their stance is you know at least it's a little bit more clear what their stance is now if they say okay like no it's it's not it's not a human being then you you know you can literally look on, up on google when does human life begin and it'll give you like all these scientific answers that it's all at conception. So that's, it's just not really debatable anymore. But then recently after Roe v. Wade was overturned, there was a lot of talk about ectopic pregnancies and miscarriage. And first of all, it's just so sad. And honestly, I was so surprised when I, I probably shouldn't have been, but I was surprised when I heard them trying to use those tactics. I was like, like what? Like, you're going to tell me that a miscarriage is an abortion? Like, Am I reading this wrong? There are there are still people, you know, there were people when Roe v. Wade was overturned. There are still people who think that Roe v. Wade being overturned is going to mean they can't get treatments for miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies, that they have to leave this dead baby inside of their body. That is not, Live Action did an amazing post about this, showing the laws and stating that that's not in the laws. Abortion and ectopic pregnancies, abortion and miscarriages are not the same. Abortion is the direct killing of a child. Miscarriage is when the child dies of natural causes inside the mother's body. And of course you have to remove the child, but that procedure is not called an abortion because an abortion involves ending a life. A miscarriage does not. So that is something that's just honestly so sad because there, I I mean, I know that there were pro-life women who you know, women who maybe weren't involved really in the pro-life movement, but they were pro-life and they, they thought they were like, oh my gosh, wait, I had treatment for a miscarriage. Like, did I have an abortion? Well, no, it's just, it's just another lie that, 
is being propagated, especially so, now. So yeah, and it's so cruel because miscarriages and top I can't pronounce the word ectopic pregnancies are hard enough already because it's exactly just, yeah. So and you you look at it though, and you look at um the people, especially celebrities, who've come out about how hard their miscarriage was on them. Yeah, and you think like does that really says something about how a mother is bonded to the child inside of her you know if the child dies whether of miscarriage or abortion it's going to be heartbreaking but if the child dies of abortion of the mother choosing that you can't even imagine how much more heartbreaking it's going to be yeah it causes so much mental anguish not really talked like that part is hidden from women wanting Mm -hmm. to abortions. Yeah. I wanted to ask you relating to how you can talk about pro-life issues with friends or with strangers. What if they bring up the topic of viability and tell you that even though science proves that yes, it is a life at conception, we cannot say it's a human being until it can live of its own accord. Well, I would say to that question, um, there are there are plenty of people who in this world who you would argue can't live of their own accord, right? People who are in wheelchairs, you know, if you just left them on the streets, they likely wouldn't survive. A newborn can't live of its own accord. If you just left a newborn there, they're not going to be able to survive. That brings up a whole can of worms that I don't think they'd be willing to say that all these people who might not have, you know, the capacity to do everything themselves can, um, are not, are not people, right? Like literally, I mean, when I was, when I was a child, right? When I was 10, I couldn't drive by myself. I don't know that I could, I don't know that I could live by myself. I wouldn't have any access to food. I wouldn't have access to groceries if I didn't have my parents to drive me places. It's just, it, it, it's kind of the, that whole aspect is kind of, um, wanting wanting humans to be perfect and self-sufficient and this whole like dystopian idea almost Mm -hmm. and the other thing is viability keeps changing right so viability keeps getting earlier and earlier we keep uh doctors are able to save babies earlier and earlier you know there's there's not the only concrete uh placement is at conception right that's the only time when a new unique human being is formed I have another question pertaining to um, asking and talking with people that are pro-choice. So recently when I was at an abortion uh, facility near me, I was doing sidewalk counseling with a friend and these two women came up to us and they were telling us basically how wrong we were for being there. And then one of the women in the car told me that it's a shame that we as young women were out here when a college age woman, you know, she's 24, she's in college, she has 40,000 in debt and she is pregnant. And it's a shame that we're not supporting her so she could continue her education and get out of debt. When I was about to answer that question, she told me that I was in fact that person. And I was the one who decided to keep my baby. And she said it ruined my life. If I could make a different decision 26 years ago, I'd go right back and I would change my decision. So how do you answer questions like that? Or is it, is it impossible to reach certain people? I mean, that's such a, that's such a sad situation in so many ways, because when you think about it, right, she, she has a child now or not a child, probably a grown adult now. Yeah. And if that grown adult knew that his mom would go back and literally kill her, like, if you think about how wrong it is at that point, right. You know, now you have a 20 something year old 
guy and a 40 something year old mom, right? Should that mom be able to kill him now? Right? Like what, what's the difference? You know, if like, when did he become a person? Um, especially like maybe he's still living in his mom's house. He's still relying on his mom. Can she just go ahead and kill him because she decides it a whim? Oh, I don't want this anymore. It's so sad. And I think you have to think about the fact that there's so many things we don't know about women yeah. who are hurt like this. You know, maybe she had many other abortions and she she just the fact that she sees this child every day just gives her the sense of guilt because she knows she killed so many of her other children, right? Maybe she has that regret in her mind. Maybe she's maybe she was just literally having a terrible day. Maybe she was just um maybe it was just weighing on her that she had this son, right? Maybe the son isn't that great of a person. Maybe he's you know, living in her house, just doing nothing. It's hard. We can't, I don't want to say we can't reach some people, but I want to say that we're not called to, to change hearts. That's God's job. We're called to talk, to share the message and then to let God do his things. So sometimes we're going to be really discouraged. Sometimes we're going to um, be confronted with conversations that we are just like, oh my gosh, this is so out of my league. I don't know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. As long as we plant the seed, that's all we can do. And that's all we can do sometimes. And sometimes down the road, you know, maybe, maybe you'll find out that that person did have a change of heart. Maybe, maybe they didn't, but at least you did your duty, which was planting the seed. That's a good answer, Savannah. One of the things that you're taught um, to do when having pro-life conversations is to always bring it back to the fact that it's a life, right? Correct. So why do pro-lifers believe life is sacred and why do you believe life is sacred well I so I can't I can't speak for all pro-lifers because (laughs) you know there there are some (laughs) there are some segments of pro-lifers and honestly this is a great thing because it shows that we're not just the stereotype which is Christian conservative pro-life people, which I'm very much a stereotype. I mean, I think if I was a man, I'd be more of a stereotype, but <laughs> I'm still kind of a stereotype. So, so there are, there are people who call themselves pro-life atheists, right? There are progressive yep. pro-lifers. There are LGBTQ pro-lifers. There are all sorts of people. But I think that besides those people, as Christians, we believe that God created life to, and life is sacred. And we as humans have no right and no power to take it away. And all life, all innocent life is sacred. Um, that's why I believe that life is sacred. And I think that's that's why Christians believe that life is life is sacred as well. Very true. I would love to uh, have you uh, share real quickly. How, how can people reach you? Uh, what's your Instagram handle? Yeah, so I love, um, you know, if, if you have any questions, if you have any advice, if you have any topic recommendations for my podcast, reach out to me. Um, my personal Instagram is at sav.speakslife and then my podcast is at classy chicks pod so you can also listen to those um and they have a beautiful aesthetic you guys well thank you (laughs) I like to think that it's very pink and girly yeah but yeah no definitely reach out to me with any advice any questions um if you want to be on the podcast I'm definitely down for that and if you're interested in being involved in the pro-life movement reach out to me just be like hey I want to be involved like can you help me and I am so down to help you be involved because I think that I think that one of the greatest gifts that I was given was being able to work in the pro-life movement like that's just I mean I I get emotional thinking about it because it's like there are so many people I know so many people who you know have a job that's not fulfilling and just 
they go to work nine to five every day. And I mean, that's what they do for their life. And like, it's, it's fine, but um, it's just such a blessing to be able to work. And I mean, do, do what I like to do, which is writing podcasts, social media, talking to people, but, but do it for the greater good, you know, do it not only so that I'll be rewarded here. Right. But so that hopefully I can get to heaven and see all these children who I've, you know, had a part in saving and all these mothers whose lives have been changed. And it's just, it's so cool because it's not just, it's not just mortal work. It's eternal work. And yes, every life the kingdom. Save is not only going to hopefully make a huge difference here on earth, but forever in heaven. So get involved. That's my pitch for getting involved in the pro-life movement. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you so, so much, Savannah. We really appreciate you taking the time to be on here and sharing your wisdom and just, um, <laughs> well, thank you guys. It is you know, it is so encouraging when I see you guys standing up for the truth, because this is exactly what I, what we need to do. This is what we need to do is we need to spread the word. We need to be outspoken about it. God does not call us to live hidden lives. I've got, I get a lot of criticism uh, about how public I am sometimes about my life. First of all, the fact is I'm very private about a lot of parts of it. You know, (laughs) there's only so much that I show on social media, but Second of all, we're not, God didn't call us to live inside of a bushel basket. He called us to let our light shine and to Mm -hmm. show people that we can be extremely happy and extremely fulfilled and live according to his will. So I think that the more we can share this and the more we can share the beauty of being a Christian, just that that's amazing. So I agree. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. I just loved listening to you. Like I, I know I didn't ask a lot of questions. I was just like, just filtering. Soaking in the moment. I really enjoyed. Thank you. you Yeah. Your podcast is amazing. I will definitely be sharing it to mine and I'll let you know when you guys' podcast airs. I believe it's coming out Monday. I've been doing it every second Monday of the month this summer because Summer's crazy. And also my life is really crazy right now. (laughs) Yes. If you're ever back in Illinois, I'd love if you could hit us up. I'd love to get together. We should all get together and yeah, for coffee. Yeah. And I will be back. I come back a good amount. So. All right. So let me know. I will. (laughs) Now, without further ado, let us firmly rely on the protection of divine providence. And as C.S. Lewis once said, seek unity and you will find neither unity or truth. Seek the light of truth and you will find unity and truth. Thank you guys so much for listening and see you next time. This is self-evident. Love it. Love your cute little outro.